Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. None of the strategies, tips, techniques, tricks, anything you learn is really going to do you much until you have just the right attitude. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out all the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. And guess what? This is also the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's right. You're listening to it. And today we're going to be talking to an experienced fix and flipper as well as a wholesaler. He's flipped over 300 properties. How are you doing, Alex Pardo? Doing fantastic, Joe. I appreciate being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Well, I'm looking forward to learning from your experience, you know, flipping over 300 properties. He's also the founder of flipempire.com and creative RE solutions. He specializes in wholesaling, residential, and multi-family real estate investments. So are you a flipper or are you a wholesaler? I got started in this business in 2005 and I've done all types of deals, but at my core, the foundation has always been wholesaling. And as of the last four or five years is really building a team to do a lot of the heavy lifting inside my wholesaling business. But yeah, I mean, ever since 2005, I've done fix and flip, small multifamilies, subject twos, you know, lease options, you name it, I've done it. But yeah, wholesaling has kind of always been my bread and butter. Awesome. And you are also a former GE Financial Analyst. You're based in Miami, Florida. And best ever listeners, you can say hi to Alex at his website. Just click through the show notes page. That being said, you just mentioned a little bit. You want to give a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? 
I've always been interested in real estate. I can remember back as far as getting started when I graduated from high school and I went into college. I always dabbled and picked up books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all these different books. And that's when I first kind of got exposed to real estate. But at the time, my desire for being a CEO or like a CFO, high level executive at a Fortune 500 company, for some strange reason, I kind of think back and I like kick myself. That was my goal and that was my aspiration at the time. So I graduated from FIU in 2002 and I accepted a pretty cool job, at least at the time, what I thought into GE's financial management program. And it was kind of a program designed to groom the future CFOs and CEOs of General Electric. And I'll never forget, man, three months into that job after averaging like 70, 75 hour work weeks, like getting cross-eyed looking at Excel and PowerPoint, I was like, this is not for me. I knew at that point I was destined to be an entrepreneur and kind of do my own thing, but I had signed on for a two-year commitment. So long story short, I finished up the two years with GE and I decided to leave the company and go backpacking around Europe for three months. And I figured when I get back to Miami, I'd figure out what I was going to do. And at the time, I had an idea that it was going to be in real estate. I just had no earthly idea what that looked like. At that point, I had bought courses like Carlton Sheets, No Money Down. And so I thought real estate was assuming a loan and taking over a rental property and, and being a landlord. Like that was what I thought real estate was. And I never forget, man, I was in Ibiza and this was in early 2005. And a friend of mine sent me an email. I was at an internet cafe in Ibiza and and he sent me an email and he says, hey, I'm going to this boot camp. That's what they called it at the time for how to market for real estate deals. And it was $997. And you have to remember at this point, I had been traveling around Europe for close to three months. And I was pretty much financing most of it on my credit card. So I didn't have much money. I was going into debt. So at the time, $1,000 was an insane amount of money for me, especially to go to a seminar. For some reason, I knew I had to do something because it was a couple of weeks until I got back to Miami. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. So I took the plunge. I paid the thousand bucks. I went to that seminar and less than two months later, I did my first deal made 44 grand, which almost replaced the money I was making at GE. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. Did you do that deal while you were out of the country? No. So I got back in, this was August, 2005. I got back from traveling around and I went to that boot camp mid-October and I closed on that deal by the end of the year. So no, I, I got back to Miami and I basically took one of the letters in the boot camp manual, which was a letter targeted to homeowners that were in pre-foreclosure, I sent out that letter and I didn't get anything from it. I got a bunch of calls and I kind of stumbled my way through it. I sent out a second campaign, ended up setting up an appointment with a seller and that's how I got the deal. Basically, I ripped the letter out of the bootcamp manual. I hand wrote it, stuffed it in an envelope and sent out a campaign. How many letters did you send out that were handwritten in the second campaign? Man, that must have been, I want to say I was targeting roughly between three and 500 homeowners that were in pre-foreclosure. I didn't have a lot of money. And so every piece cost me at the time, it was like a buck 20, a buck 30. And so, yeah, I was sending out between three and 500 pieces per campaign at that time. You hand wrote three to 500? Yes. Wow. How long did that take? 
It took me a while, man. I was basically <laughs> doing it like at the time I was doing it in front of the TV, you know, like kind of like on my off time. If I could go back, I probably would have been listening to a podcast or doing something like that while I was handwriting it. But yeah, I knew I had to do something. And for me, taking action was never the challenge. I was always someone that when I knew I wanted to do something and I just figured out what it was, I kind of just throw myself at it. And so taking action for me is something early on. I guess it's something my parents instilled in me. I knew that was what I needed to do. And then, yeah, man, I did that first deal and it was kind of the domino effect. I didn't need that deal to know it could be done and to know that you could make a lot of money in real estate. But it's always comforting when it happens. And then kind of just like I said, it was a domino effect. And then I had a pretty good year my first year. That was focused on pre-foreclosures. And once you got that first deal and you made 44K on it, what did you do after that? Did you follow the same model or did you evolve it or did you try something else? Great question. That's exactly what I did. I followed the same model. I just, at the time, I didn't know about other types of specialty niche lists. Like really my education as a real estate investor at that point had been attending that boot camp and reading a handful of books on real estate. So I was very green. I didn't know much. And so I thought that pre-foreclosures was like I tapped into a gold mine and this is what I have to do. So I quickly realized that even though I had a good year that first year, I figured that every time I'd send a campaign or two, I'd do a deal. And I quickly realized that that wasn't the case. And then I started just reading more and kind of associating myself with people in this business. And I realized that, especially with direct mail, the key is consistency and constantly sending out campaigns every 30 to 60 days. And so it took me three, four months to really figure that out. But yeah, I, I essentially followed the same model. I was targeting pre-foreclosures. And in addition to sending out direct mail, I'd go door knocking. And I picked up a handful of deals that year just by door knocking at the time. Tell us the ways to be successful with door knocking. Man, I'll be honest, it's been so long since I do it. But I think for me, it was initially getting over the fear of knocking on someone's door and kind of how to present yourself. And so I, I'll never forget, man, the first five, 10, 15 doors I door knocked. I wish I had a camera on myself because <laughs> even though on the outside, I was portraying confidence inside, I was super nervous. The first door I ever knocked, I was kind of secretly hoping they would not answer the door, like that kind of thing. And yeah, I realized that after doing it 10, 15, 20 times, it got a little easier. I got over that fear and I must have knocked 50, 60, 70 doors until I landed the first deal. And at that point, I was even questioning. I'm like, is this a good use of my time? Because it takes a long time. I basically drive to a neighborhood that I wanted to do deals in. I park my car and I just go from door to door. And yeah, it was 50, 60 houses in. I finally, I connected with a homeowner. They invited me in and we ended up doing the deal right there on the spot. And I'll never forget just tripping and fumbling over myself, trying to explain the paperwork. And I didn't have any guidance at that time. That was one of the biggest mistakes I've probably made is not having a mentor or a coach to kind of walk me through the process. So I just sort of figured it out somehow. I made a bunch of mistakes. And that first couple of years, I was focused on just direct mail and door knocking. Since you don't do it now, is it a good use of a wholesaler's time? That's a tough question to answer. I would say if, if there's a wholesaler or somebody that wants to get into this business and they don't have money, but they have time, I would say absolutely yes. At the very minimum, you're going to improve your communication skills. For a lot of people, it's going to help you get over a fear. And it's a very proactive way to go out there and hustle. 
Is it the best use of your time? I'd probably say no. I think, especially in 2005, we didn't have all the technology and all the resources that you and I and a lot of people, your best ever listeners have now. Just jumping on Google and, and looking at the street view of a property or, or at the time I didn't know about virtual assistants. So I would say if you don't have money, but you have time, absolutely. I'd say go out there, be proactive, do what it takes, whether it's door knocking, whether it's building a team of bird dogs, honestly, whatever it takes is kind of my mentality. But at the time I didn't have everything that we have now. And I didn't know much. And thinking back now, I, I think it was probably an asset to me that I didn't know everything I know now, because sometimes I think one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of investors make, especially people getting into this businesses, is kind of the shiny object syndrome. They learn so much about so many different niches as opposed to just focusing on one thing and, and really just diving into it. How have you evolved your business from then to now? Like I mentioned before, you know, wholesaling has always been at my foundation, but wholesaling, it's a transactional business. And so you got to go out, you market, you find deals, you lock them up, you find the buyer and you move on to the next transaction. And I wanted to try to figure out how do I streamline this so I'm not the one having to send out the mailers, speak to the sellers, market the property, find the buyer. Like it's a simple business, but there's a lot of moving parts to it. And it was about 2000. 8, 2009, I read the four hour work week and I learned about virtual assistants. So I brought on a VA and then fast forward a couple years later in 2011, I realized that if I wanted to kind of scale this business and take it to the next level, I needed to duplicate myself. And so obviously there's only 24 hours in a day. So in 2011, I hired an acquisitions manager and I brought her on board. I taught her the business. And about three, four months later, it took her a bit to get on track. But once she did, she brought a deal, she acquired it. And then all I had to do was focus on finding a buyer. And once I got a taste of being able to do deals without having to speak to the seller, without having to see the property, it just, the doors blew open for me. And I said, okay, well, now that I've replicated or duplicated myself on the acquisition side, I'm sure I can do the same thing on the sales side. So I ended up bringing a sales manager on board and then eventually I brought on a couple of lead managers because I realized I was spending a lot of time. We'd send out a campaign of four, five, 6,000 postcards and we'd get a bunch of calls coming in and I was the one processing those calls. So I brought on two lead managers and now my team is essentially a virtual assistant in the Philippines, a couple of lead managers that are based out of Colombia. Here in Miami, it's a lot of the homeowners that call in are either bilingual or they only speak Spanish. So that was important to find. I have a couple of acquisitions managers, a sales manager and a transaction coordinator. So really business has evolved in the last five years from just being me and a virtual assistant to building a team of seven of us that each had a very specific defined role and responsibility, all focused on doing wholesaling deals here in the South Florida market. And how much would you say your team makes on a deal on average? It's funny you ask that question because I just had a meeting last week with my acquisitions guy and my sales guy, and we were looking at our metrics, you know, our KPIs, the, the key performance indicators. And last year, our average profit per transaction was just under 13 grand. So for every deal we did, we were making like $12,600. And at the beginning of this year, one of the things I challenged my team is let's push the envelope. Let's kind of have a little bit of a mindset shift that we expect to make at least 20 grand every deal. And this year, our average profit per transaction is just under 30 grand a deal. So we've essentially doubled how much we make and we're not really doing too much different. We're just expecting to make more on deals 
And we're focusing really on where cash buyers are looking for deals. And so we're able to command a bit of a premium. Whereas before, we'd just look at a property and we'd say, okay, well, we need to leave X amount of meat on the bone. We're picking it up for this. We're happy making 10 to 15 grand on the deal. Versus this year, I think it's just by shifting our mindset and expecting to make more per deal, we've more than doubled what we made from last year. Are you doing a similar amount of deals on a per month basis? Correct. We're typically averaging about three deals a month. Okay. And you said you focus where cash buyers are looking for deals. Can you elaborate on that? Absolutely. I think that's hopefully this is one of the biggest takeaways that your listeners get from our time together. It's, I think it's, and I forgot where I heard this from. I don't want to take credit, but essentially the saying goes something to the effect of it's better to be an inch wide and a mile deep. And what I mean by that is one of the mistakes I've made, I've made hundreds of them throughout the years. But one of the biggest ones was taking a certain amount of marketing budget and just taking a shotgun approach to my marketing and and targeting the entire county, but only doing maybe two or three campaigns. And so what we've done over the last couple of years is figure out what are the hot zip codes? In other words, where are all the investor cash buyers looking to purchase properties? What zip codes have the most transactions? And if you have access to the multiple listing service, that's one quick and easy way to get it is just download and figure out how many cash sales are happening in all the zip codes in your county. And instead of focusing on the entire county, pick 5, 10, 20 zip codes. We focus on 20 of our hot zip codes and we don't really market to other areas of South Florida. We focus on those 20 zip codes and we send up to six, seven mailers every time we buy a list that we're going to target. And so that's what I mean by focusing on a specific area. And then, so the thought process is if you find a deal in that area, then there will be a lot of cash buyers who want to purchase. Exactly. Yeah. And and not only are we focusing our efforts on building our marketing to motivated sellers in those hot zip codes, but also building our cash buyers list in that same area. Even if we don't have our own cash buyer, we know the data is telling us that there's a lot of cash buyer investor activity out there. And one thing I realized a long time ago is if you have a deal, buyers will come. Buyers are a dime a dozen. That doesn't mean you should stop focusing on building your buyers list. We're constantly focused on building our list. Alex, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? kind of have a two-part answer for you. I hope that's okay. And I think both answers really not only apply to building a business and obviously your listeners are real estate investors, but I think this also applies to life. And the first thing really is focus on growing and developing yourself as a person. And this is very simple, nothing groundbreaking or revolutionary, but realize that if you don't have the right mindset, the right attitude and the belief system, none of the strategies, tips, techniques, tricks, anything you learn is really going to do you much until you have just the right attitude. You got to have that core belief that you can do something. And so I'm a big believer and fan of Tony Robbins. And I think he talks about the power hour. So that's something I adopted as a morning ritual of mine years ago is I'll spend an hour every single morning just focusing on myself. So whether it's meditation, whether it's reading a book on personal development, listening to a podcast, I'm always focused on growing and developing as a man and as an entrepreneur, also as a father, as a husband, etc. And the second thing, which I think it really ties into that as well, is surrounding yourself with the right people. And so the way that you can relate that to your business is realize that you can only do so much as a one man or a one woman show. In 2011, that's when I brought on the acquisitions manager. 
So when I look back at the last five years, my business is completely different because I focused on building a team of people that like to be a part of something bigger and are really, really good at whatever it is that they're doing in the business. So there's a book called Good to Great. And the guy talks about making sure that when you build a team and you hire people, you're putting the right people on the right bus in the right seat. And basically what that means is make sure that you find people that are great at one specific thing. So if it's sales, that person can be in an acquisitions role or in a dispositions role. If it's a customer service role or something to that effect, maybe that person is better suited as a lead manager that can process the leads that come in from all of your different marketing campaigns. So I think really that the second answer is surround yourself with the right people, not only as part of a mastermind and your network, family, friends, but also in terms of surrounding yourself with the right people in your own business and building a team. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, great. Well, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest growing property management company in Houston would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love us or leave us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727. Best ever book you've read. The pumpkin patch, and I'll throw in a bonus one, the one thing. It's all focused around the same thing, which is having laser focus on one thing that moves the needle, putting all your time, energy, and attention into that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? Not too long ago, maybe six, seven years ago, the market shifted on us and I was over $100,000 in debt. I was close to filing bankruptcy and I was in a tough spot. I hired a life coach and quickly began turning things around by focusing on the positive, taking action, and yeah, I mean, just making things happen. Tactically speaking, from a real estate standpoint, what do you do now that you weren't doing before? More consistent with our marketing. So every time we do a deal, we take 20% out of that and we put it back into marketing. So from a tactical perspective, I'd say just constantly making sure that our marketing pipeline has leads coming in. Whereas before I do a deal and I'd use that money to fund the business, fund the lifestyle, but marketing was kind of the last thing I'd fund. Whereas now marketing is one of the first things we fund. And when you spend those marketing dollars, where are you putting them? Back into our bread and butter, which has always been direct mail. One of our acquisitions managers focused on MLS deals and building relationships with agents. And then our other acquisitions manager is more on the private seller side. So direct mail has always been the one thing that continues to produce revenue for the business. Best ever way you like to give back? First and foremost, tithing. So 10% of everything that I generate goes to the church. We can do a whole other show on that, but that's had an amazing impact on my life. And second is during the holidays, I love to organize toy and food drives. And so we go to the ghetto here in Miami, a, a rough part, and we distribute food and toys to a lot of the homeless people out there. Best ever deal you've done? That's easy. My first deal. It wasn't my most profitable deal, but it just proved to me that I could do it. And since it almost replaced my corporate income, it was just a game changer for me. How much did you make on your most profitable deal? Wholesale deal was just under 80 grand. And I never spoke to the seller, never saw the house. That was awesome. I haven't gotten to six figures yet on one specific deal, but I'm inching towards it. What's the worst deal you've done? That's an easy one. 2007, 
my partner and I lost close to $100,000 on one deal. We got involved. I don't know how much time we have, but in a nutshell, we bought a property for slightly more than half a million dollars. The after repaired value of the property was about, we bought it for 525. I remember at the time, I think the after repaired value was about 680, close to 700. And one of the biggest mistakes we made is we didn't realize the market was about to basically bottom out. This was in 2007. And yeah, we lost close to 100 grand, of which I think I had like 45 to 50 grand invested into that deal. So that's the only property I've lost money on. And it was a huge one. So that's probably the worst deal I've ever done. What's the biggest mistake, whether it's a specific deal or just your overall approach that you've made so far in real estate? I think I waited too long. I got started in 2005. That deal was in 2007 and I didn't have a mentor at the time. I never had anybody I could really bounce something off of. And I remember at the time, I think coaches and mentors were like five grand. And to me, that was a lot of money. But looking back, if I would have hired a coach or a mentor, I would have saved 50 grand plus a bunch of stress and headaches on the back end. So if I could kind of rewind the clock, I'd hire a mentor right away. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? If you guys go to flipempire.com, I think, Joe, you mentioned it at the top of the show. And I also have a podcast called The Flip Empire Show, which you can check it out. That'd probably be the best place to reach me. Loved our conversation, Alex. I'm so grateful that you stopped in and joined us today. I mean, from the three to 500 letters you were handwriting at the very beginning to get your first deal, which ended up netting you over $40,000 to how you've evolved your business, how you approach zip codes, you look for cash transactions in certain zip codes, then you market to those areas, and even how you take 20% of the profits from the deals and put that back into marketing and everything in between. Lots of really good hard-hitting information, whether it's for wholesalers, which this would directly apply for, or real estate investors from a consistency standpoint, from a overcoming losing money standpoint. This is a wonderful conversation. So really grateful. Hope you have a best ever day, Alex, and we'll talk to you soon. Same to you. Thanks, Joe. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love us or leave us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727.